Kathy Davidson, and I would like you to join me from here at Water of Life Church in Plano, Texas, as I minister the gospel, the death, burial, and resurrection of our Lord Jesus, which is the power of God. My heavenly Father, I thank you. Father, I thank you that you open our ears that we can hear, that you open our eyes that we can see. That you open our hearts like you did for Lydia, that she could attend unto the things which were spoken. Father, turn us from darkness to light, from the power of Satan unto God. Oh, and Father, let us only see Jesus. Let us only see Jesus. I thank you, and I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Preten condosa talaltie, torotanda siete cosoto la tanda parote atiete casaratiete. Tanda soto la rata condota diabete sanda catatuso la ratiete condosaratiete. I, who am the one that you cannot look on and live. I am the one that created the heavens and the earth through my son Jesus. I am the one who sent my son, Jesus. I am the God, the God of love. I am love. I am that God. I am the God that loved you and sent Jesus to die for you. Why are you afraid? Why are you afraid? I am the one that parted the Red Sea. I am the one that kept Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego from burning. I am the one that pulled Jesus out of hell. I am your God. Why are you afraid? Ooh. All right. Our meetings are based on 1 Peter chapter 3, but we're not going to go there. I want to get to some other things. And I want to tell you today, just like I've said before, do you have any guts? Do you have any guts? I want you to put away all the Sunday school lessons you have ever listened to. I want you to put away your religion. I want you to put away every art gallery that you have been to, every movie that you have seen about Jesus. I want you to put that all away, all the magazines all the books, all the cartoons. I want you to put it all away. And we are only going to look at the Word of God today because I believe God is going to challenge some listening today like they have never been challenged before. And we have heard this around here, but we are speaking to the world today. We are speaking places that have never heard this message. So if you will go with me to John 10, verse 35. It begins with, if he, the Father, called them gods unto whom the word of God came. Look at that, unto whom the word of God came. So God spoke to these men. It says, and the scripture, and the scripture cannot be broken. It cannot be broken. That is why we can look at this word and not look at anything else. Because God spoke to the word of God. God sent the word of God and it cannot be broken cannot be. This world will end, and it will, in a ball of fire. 
The word of God will not. Now, if you go with me to 2 Peter 1, laying the groundwork for today. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 20. Know this first. Know this first. That no prophecy of the scriptures is of any private interpretation. For the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man. Moses just didn't sit down and think of this up. Neither did David. It said, prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spoke as they were moved on by the Holy Spirit, Holy Ghost. That's why we can look at the scripture and nothing else. The Holy Scripture wrote it through men. He wrote it through men. They didn't come up with this. They did not come up with this. It was written by the Holy Ghost. Now, with that, with that, that all Scripture was the Holy Ghost moving through men, I want you to go with me to Jeremiah 31. Jeremiah 31, and I'm going to begin in verse 31. Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, the Lord, now, who is that? That is God. That is God. Behold, the days come, saith the Lord. The Lord God. Jehovah. This is Jehovah speaking. And we know that because the writer of Jer Jeremiah, which was Jeremiah, was moved on by the Holy Ghost, and God is talking here, and Jeremiah is writing it down. And it says, Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that I, will make a new covenant with the house of Israel. Do you see who says that? Do you see what he said? He said, behold, the days are coming. I'm going to make a new covenant. Who made the old covenant? Jehovah. God. And he is saying to Jeremiah, and Jeremiah is writing it down by the Holy Ghost, I'm going to make a new covenant. So that new covenant was made by who? By God. Not Jesus. Not Peter. Not Paul. Not any of the apostles. Who made the new covenant? I did, said Jehovah. Said the Lord. Do you see that? God is going to make here in Jeremiah the new covenant. Nobody else. God. He said, I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. Not according to the covenant that I made. There's your distinction. That I made with their fathers in the day I took them by the hand to lead them out of the land of Egypt. He did that with Moses. Which my covenant they break. What covenant did they break? God's covenant. Although I was a husband unto them. But... This shall be the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel. So now he's making a new covenant. He's making a new covenant. He made the old one. Now he's making a new one. But this shall be the covenant I will make with the house of Israel. After those days, saith Jehovah through Jeremiah who's writing it down, Jeremiah was not in the New Testament, folks. Jeremiah's Old Testament. One of the major prophets. This is Jeremiah writing what God is telling him to write. And he said, But this shall be the covenant I will make with the house of Israel after those days, saith the Lord. 
I will put my law in their inward parts and write them in their hearts, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. And they shall teach no more any man his neighbor and every man his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for they shall all know me. From the least of them unto the greatest of them, saith the Lord, the Lord God. For I will forgive their iniquity, and I will remember their sin no more. But we want out of this today, God is the one that made the New Testament, the new covenant. It wasn't anybody else. It was God speaking to Jeremiah. Now, go with me to Hebrews 10, verse 9. Hebrews 10, verse 9. We do not know the writer of Hebrews. Chapter 10, verse 8. Above when he saith, let's go up to verse 7. Then said I, Lo, I come in the volume of the book it is written to me to do thy will, O God. We know this is Jesus. And above when he said, Sacrifice and offering and burnt offerings, an offering for sin thou wouldest not, neither has pleasure therein which are offered by the law. Let's take a look at that verse again. Above when he said, Sacrifice and offering and burnt offerings, an offering for sin thou wouldest not, neither has pleasure therein. God had no pleasure in all those sacrifices. So why do you want to do that? That which are offered by the law. Verse 9, then he said, lo, this is Jesus speaking, I come to do thy will, O God. Jesus said, I come to do Thy will, O oh God. Not Jesus' will. Not his own will. He says right here, I come to do thy will, Jehovah, Lord God. I come to do thy will. Thy will. Now what is the will of God? Look in this next part. He taketh away the first. He taketh away the first that he may establish the second. He taketh away the first covenant. Who took it away? He taketh away the first, that he may establish the second. Next verse. Go with me to Colossians 2, 13. And you... Speaking to the Colossians, Paul, being dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh, as he quickened together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses. Look at verse 14. Blotting out. Blotting out. Last verse we read, it said taking away. This one says blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us that was contrary to us, took it out of the way, doing what with it? Nailing it to the cross. Do you see what God did here with the old covenant? Do you see what God did here with the law? That's the writing of the ordinances. What did he do? He took it out of the way, nailed it to the cross. Took it out of the way. He took the law out 
of the way and he nailed it to the cross. Some of you are beginning to get very uncomfortable because you were brought up under that old covenant, not the new. And right here, it says that it was taken out of the way and nailed to the cross. All right, now go with me to Romans 10, verse 4. Let's begin in verse 3. For them being ignorant of God's righteousness and going about to establish their own righteousness have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. And we know that righteousness is by the blood of Jesus. Verse 4, for Christ, for Jesus, for Christ is the end of the law. End. Christ is the end of the law. Do you see those words? Some of you need to look at them. Christ is the end, end of the law. Move up to the end of your chair and keep moving. You're going to fall off the chair. Why? Because the chair has an end. The Old Testament, the Old Covenant has an end. It had an end. It had an end according to the word of God that cannot be broken. The law has an end. It ended with Jesus on the cross. The Old Testament, the Ten Commandments, all the law ended, was nailed to the cross with Jesus. Nailed. And you said, well, Jesus followed the law. Jesus said, when it's fulfilled, it'll be over. And guess who fulfilled it? Jesus did. That's why we could nail it to the cross. Jesus fulfilled the old covenant, and it was nailed to the cross. For Christ is the end of the law. End of the law. End of the law. No more law. No more ten commandments. No more thou shalt not. No more. No more. They're ended. Hebrews says it's disannulled. Now, go with me back to Romans 7. No, you're not, brethren. Paul speaking, that the law has dominion over a man as long as he liveth. For the woman which has a husband is bound by the law to her husband as long as he liveth. But if the husband be dead, she is loosed from the law of her husband. So then, while her husband liveth, she be married to another man, she should be called an adulteress. But if her husband be dead, if her husband be dead, she is free from that law with her husband so that she is no adulteress, though she be married to another man. Wherefore, my brethren, you also are become dead to the law by the body of Christ. Dead to the law. Dead to the law by the body of Christ that you should be married to another even to him who is raised from the dead, that we should bring forth fruit unto God. The law has ended with Jesus. The law 
ended on the cross. The law ended. The Ten Commandments ended on the cross. The Ten Commandments toward you ended in the body of Jesus. And when Jesus was crucified, so were you. Why? That was your sin on him. That was your sickness, your poverty. It ended on the cross. Do you know that from Adam and Eve, what was preached? The gospel. The gospel. The gospel was preached in the Garden of Eden. He said that, that Satan will harm, uh, smite your heel and you're going to smite it or step on his head. That's the gospel. You know why? That was Jesus. That was Jesus. The gospel was preached since the Garden of Eden. Moses preached the gospel. That gospel was there before the world was even created. The law was not. Abraham never had to obey the Ten Commandments. They didn't come till 400 years later. Our hearts have been lied to. The law has ended. It ended with Jesus. It ended with Jesus. One of the verses says, because of transgressions is the reason the law was brought in. Well, Jesus paid for the transgressions. He paid for the transgressions. The law has ended. So, the law's not there. The law has ended for us. Why are you shucking up with Moses? You're trying to be married to two. You're trying to be married to the, the law with Moses, and you're trying to be married with Jesus at the same time. You know what that's called, ladies? Not a nice name. Adultery. Adultery. You cannot serve both. Open their eyes, Father, they can see the law is done. It has ended. It was nailed to the cross. We don't follow it. We don't follow it. We obey the gospel. Our lives are because Jesus died, was buried, and rose again. They have nothing to do with the law. It was done. 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 You know what that means? Why? If the law is done, why? If Jesus nailed it to the cross, why? If the Father's the one that brought in the new, the new covenant, why do you want to nail the Ten Commandments on a courtroom door? Why? Why do you want to paint them in your church? I was in a sign company. I had, a, I had a church come in and ask me to paint the Ten Commandments on the wall. I said, no. They're done. They were nailed to the cross. Why do we put up on the wall? Jesus died when he was buried and he was raised again. That's what you put up on the walls. That's what you put up in your house. Not the Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments have met an end. They made an end with Jesus. You have to decide. You cannot serve both. Not eating bacon does not make you holy. 
It does not. Not working on the Sabbath does not make you holy. That's the law, and the law is done. The law has ended. Any of those things in the law that talk to you, they're not God. God's the one that brought in the New Testament. God is the one that created the new covenant. The law has nothing to do with the Christian. Nothing to do. And you say, well, you know, that's not a big deal. It is when you try to walk it. When you start walking in that gospel, that law is going to talk to you every day. Until you overcome it, what makes you righteous? What justifies you? The blood of Jesus. Nothing else. Not what you do, not how you feel, not your circumstances, not your heritage. What makes you justified? The blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus. Thank God, just the blood of Jesus, nothing else. Nothing else, not even your past. What justifies you? The blood of Jesus. We try to pay for our sins like they did under the law, and we can't. They've already been paid for. They have already been paid for. The blood justifies you. The blood makes you righteous. The blood ransomed you. Not what you do. And not following the Ten Commandments. Not. And you say, well, then what are we supposed to do? Walk in the gospel. Walk in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. Walk in the spirit, as it says in Romans 8. Walk in the spirit. Let the spirit lead you. Do you know, and I've heard it. You mean to tell me that the Ten, the ten Commandments aren't there anymore? Not for us. Well, then, what are we, what, are we supposed to go around and sin? If you're following the, the gospel, you're not going to sin. You're going to get your foot ready to go sin, and that Holy Ghost is going to say, Whoa, honey, don't you go there. That's walking in the Spirit. If Jesus is leading you, and he's the shepherd, if the shepherd is leading you, he is not going to lead you to sin. He's not. He doesn't have any sin. He's not going to lead you to sin. He didn't pay all that on the cross and then let you go off and sin. He's not going to do that. He paid a price too deep to get you born again and get your sins forgiven. That's what you follow. You follow your shepherd. You follow Jesus. Now, with that, I want to show you a couple of things. Go with me, go with me to 1 Timothy. Because some of you are like, well, you know, the law, the law, the law. I want you to show what the law was made for. Did you know the law wasn't made for you? You want to follow something that wasn't even made for you. It wasn't made for you. You were born after Jesus was raised from the dead. The law wasn't made for you. Why are you trying to follow it? 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 9. Knowing this. Knowing this, do you know this? Do you know this? Do you read that word that you preach? Do you read that word that you follow? Do you read the word of God? Verse 9, knowing this, that the law is not made for a righteous man. Knowing this, do you know this? The law is not made for a righteous man. The law is not made for you. How did you get righteous? If you didn't get righteous by the blood of Jesus, you're not righteous. 
If you have not been made righteous by the blood of Jesus and the blood of Jesus only, you're not righteous. The word of God that cannot be broken says that the law cannot justify you. And part of being righteous is you have to be justified. The law cannot justify you. You know what the law makes you do? Because of your sinful nature? Oh, the law's good, holy. It was given by God, an angel. But you know what happens when that law comes against your flesh? You sin. You sin. I mean, you really sin. The more law you got in you, the more you sin. When thou art taught, thou shalt not. Your flesh surely will. Your flesh surely will. You wonder why you got such a problem with sin? Because your flesh has the law in it. Get rid of the law and follow the gospel. You were made righteous by the blood of Jesus. Nothing else. Nothing else. You were made righteous by the blood of Jesus. You were justified by the blood of Jesus. You were sanctified by the blood of Jesus. Nothing else. It had nothing to do with you. It has nothing to do with how you act or how you acted. Thank God. The blood covers it all. The blood covers it all all that's what justifies you and you want that justification you've got to be born again first you got to get the man that nailed the law to the cross you got to get him in you the spirit of jesus and you get the spirit of jesus when you are born again that's why jesus said to nicodemus a follower of the law a pharisee a big follower of the law a ruler of the Jews, he told that man that followed the law exactly, he told that man, he told Nicodemus, you must be born again. You must be born again. The Ten Commandments will not save you. Throw them out your window. Get rid of them. Put up Jesus died and he was buried and he rose again from me. That's what you follow. And to be born again, all you have to do, repeat after me, Jesus, come into my heart. Be Lord of my life. Guide me. Lead me. Fix me. And you know what he will do? He promises he will come into your life. He will come into your heart and he will lead you into that gospel. That's where the power is. He will lead you into that gospel where he took all your sins on his own body on the tree. He will lead you where he took your sicknesses and your diseases and your curses for you on the tree. On the tree. That's how much he loved you. He took your poverty. He took everything bad about you on his own body. He became you that you might become like him. And that is absolutely possible. There is nothing impossible with God. And I believe Jesus just loves taking the bad cases and fixing them to his glory, to his glory. We do this for his glory. Amen.
Thank you for joining Kathy Davidson and the ministers of music from Water of Life Church. She would love to hear from you. You may reach her by email at kd at kdwol.com. Or you may write her at Kathy Davidson, Care of Water of Life Church, Post Office Box 861-327, Plano, Texas 75086. You may find her on the internet at www.kdwol.com and on Facebook and Twitter. Until next time, God bless. Thank you.